Welcome, everyone, to Voice of the Valley here in the Horn Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram Studios. I'm your host, Dave Bell, 928-428-9494. That's the phone number, 928-428-9494. Happy Monday, everyone. Hope you are having a good day. One of my uh, one of my partners, partner, please, he does all the work. <laughs> I just get to stand and talk. On the Downtown Association, John Howard is here. Uh I have heard from people who were in the light parade, phenomenal job getting everything lined up and running smoothly, and that's credit to you and Mick Ruiz. Thank you. So, uh, John Howard's here, and uh, Kathy Grimes is here with the Graham County Substance Abuse Coalition. We're going to talk to them in a little bit when we jump over, and we'll partner with Reed to talk about the upcoming groundbreaking for, do we have a name for it? Caring Hearts. Caring Hearts, new sober living facility. Uh, I have been blown away by this, and we'll talk more in a little bit. But before then, let's talk to our friend. Uh, what are you laughing? Why are you laughing at that? You're my friend. I, of course I am. I always will be. Uh, Nick Nordgrenteus <laughs> with the Graham County Democratic Party. Uh, that's Good why you're morning. here today. Uh, I, I was disappointed. I did not see you. We we had at our first. No, we had our first candidate stop. Oh, okay. in Graham County. We've had we've had Juan Siscomani, who is our current congressman, but he's coming in yeah. as our congressman, uh, not as a candidate yet. Yes, but he'll be a candidate. <laughs> he'll be a candidate. But we had our first candidate stop uh, last week, last Saturday, last Saturday. Kirsten, last, Kirsten mm-hmm. Engel yep. came in, and I I anticipated seeing you, mm-hmm. uh, but then uh, Patty Cervantes with the party told me, yeah. nope. You're, you're over in Green Valley, I think you were. Well, I was actually on a hike. Oh. Don't tell anybody. No, <laughs> I was on a hike and I was anticipating getting back in time to be there. And we just, we went longer than I expected. So, you know, I got off the hike and, and didn't make it to the office in time to meet with her. But, you know, I see her on campaign stops all the time. I see her, you know, at local for, I see her at different places all the time. So, um, the, we have to, because you're, you're here representing the Democratic Party. I am. So, yes, I am. So I want to talk party politics. Yes, indeed. Um, the party still has a significant disadvantage here in Graham and especially in Cochise counties. It does. It sure does. Um, I, I want to say it's two to one in Cochise and about one and a half to one in Graham. Correct. I'm going off of memory, so uh, that that was with April numbers. I don't think they've got come out with the new numbers yet. I haven't seen them yet. And um, but the bigger, like the bigger picture here, is the amount of others that are actually out there. And that's what and I was going to ask. That's going to change the dynamic of the race in LD19 for sure. Uh, and those numbers are the numbers that you know Democrats are looking to haul over. And, uh, you know, we'll be hitting those people hard as well. So Democratic growth statewide, though, has been behind growth. Now, independent growth has been through the roof. (laughs) Phenomenal. Yeah. Yes. It it has. But Democratic growth has been behind Republican growth in the state just on a percentage basis. It has. It has. Yes. Um, Why do you think that is? I you know, I'm not. I'm not a pundit. So I you know, I couldn't even tell you why. I think the bigger picture here is Democrats have a hard time engaging those those groups that they think they have and it's the younger 
it's the um, you know the Latino group. It is the minority groups that they believe they have. And that's not always the case. It isn't always the case. We don't always have them in our pocket. You know, we, we've we traditionally had their support. We've traditionally had the younger vote, so on and so forth. But it isn't the case now. And I don't know if it's going to be the case going forward either. And if we as Democrats don't engage those groups and don't engage those traditional groups that have supported us, we're going to end up losing them. And if we don't, you know, talk to them and we don't bring them in and we don't hear them and get them a seat at the table in the Democratic Party, we're going to we're going to lose some support there. So and we've already lost a little bit. You've seen, you know, Siskamani is Republican, Siskamani, Latino, Republican. Phenomenal story, too. (laughs) I want to stress that. I mean, his story is Mm -hmm. the American story. Yes. And that's that's tough to overcome. Well, And that, you know, and that is that is what is successful is when you when you tell that story, when you tell the story of like Juan Siskamani, that is what the American voter is looking for. That's what the American voter wants to see. So, you know, he's been successful in that. And I will say this, Kirsten's got a battle and I believe Kirsten knows that and Kirsten knows what she needs to do in order to, you know, swing that that voter. It was a close race. <laughs> yes, it was. It, it very much was. Not the closest. Right. I think that was what not Colorado's. Not Chris May's close. <laughs> yeah, not, not Chris May's close. Um, not not as close as Boebert's race, which I think was the closest I in the nation. Okay. Yeah, okay. 500 votes, I think. Was and it? Kirsten was it? and Juan were 5,000. Right. Which yes. is still close, yeah. close. Um, one thing, I think we've talked about this, especially on Hispanics, because not every, look, as a white guy, <laughs> it, it hurts to say this. You know this, obviously. <laughs> Not every Hispanic is every Hispanic. Well, <laughs> we, we've seen that. You think? Yeah. Miami. Cubans. Cubans mm-hmm. go hard conservative mm-hmm. and they, they go, go Republican. Yep. Um, Mexican Hispanics mm-hmm. traditionally have gone Democratic. Traditionally. But are conservative in their personal lives. Yeah. They're, Christian, they're culturally, they're, yes, yeah. mm-hmm. culturally, exactly. culturally conservative. Yeah, my father's one of them. <laughs> yeah. um, so I guess the question then becomes: How do you convince them that you hold their values like they hold their values? Well, I, I, part of that is you. My father's a lifelong um, Phelps Dodge, Freeport, Mack Brand. You appeal to the labor side for one. You appeal to because he was a union guy, right? He he was. Until the union got smashed right. and then, you know, he, he needed to do what he needed to do his family with for his family. But appealing to that labor base, appealing to what Latinos traditionally are about, the workforce, the hardworking man, those aspects are where we're going to win with Latinos. The um, aspects of representation, that's where we're going to win with Latinos. We can't fight this. Christian battle. <laughs> we, we have to allow them to be Catholic. We have to allow them to be who they are on the religious front. And we have to allow them to differentiate there and, and then appeal to the labor side, appeal to uh, the minority status, appeal to the other things that Democrats are about. Uh, and I believe that is, you know, not pushing the conservative aspect of who they are, but appealing to the hardworking aspect of who they are and the minority status of who they are and how Democrats will help that as, as opposed to the other, 
the other things that, that Latinos are traditionally about, which is, which is religion. They are, you know, there, there's no denying that. So I, I do have to stress, this is wholly unfair <laughs> because there is a staunch <laughs> member of the Republican party sitting right to your right. Who's taking notes. I've known John forever. <laughs> and John and I go way back. <laughs> that's what I love about this. This County especially is it doesn't matter if you're Democrat or Republican. Correct. What matters is what are you doing for the community? Right. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and, Indeed. Yeah. So I, I just get a kick out of it. Um, <laughs> the thing I'm hearing with independents mm-hmm. is there's a significant number of independents who've gone that way who are Republican mm-hmm. because they're not Trumpers. Yes. That they've just said, you know what? I believe in conservatism. I believe in the Republican ideals. Mm-hmm. I don't believe the party is upholding them because they're bowing down to what Trump demands, yeah. the fealty. Yes. So therefore, I'm going to go independent. Well, and that was part of our discussion. I, yesterday, I was on a campaign thing in um, Benson. Not yesterday, excuse me, Saturday. <laughs> wow, time flies. Uh, it was a Ruben Gallego meet and greet. Mm. Um, I was invited to, to be there. Why well, isn't Ruben of, coming here? Uh, he will. Trust right. me, he will. And um, we that was part of what we were talking about, how the the... 30 Republicans in Congress right now are, are essentially holding everyone else hostage uh, on the Ukraine issue, on the Israel issue, on, you know, even when they were getting House Speaker, same thing. It, it's these 30 Republicans that are just basically holding out to get what they want or to get what they believe is necessary to move, not move the country forward, but to keep, you know, power. A lot of them are from Arizona. <laughs> well, at, at least what two, three, Biggs, <laughs> at least three, big. And, and I mean, uh, I say a lot because you know, representation-wise, three is a lot. <laughs> well, we've got what nine, eight. We've got yeah, eight, something like that. Yeah, we've got eight and three out of eight. So yeah. I can't think of the guy's name uh, up north, but he's getting challenged by the president from Biggs? Yeah, not Biggs, not Biggs. Um, he's getting challenged by the uh, former president of the Navajo Nation. Sonny Pirelli. Mm. No, Sonny's in the state senate. Okay, yeah. Um, I can't think of his name. I can't think of him. But he defeated O'Halloran. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and he's very much in the big Gosar camp. Yes. So. So you got these, and, and and that is unfortunate. What's going on right now is you have these extremes on both ends, and then you have weird, and that's and that's cinema. <laughs> It was just, you know, she. It, we call her a turncoat. Is she a turncoat? Who? It, it doesn't really matter. What matters is the representation. And is she representing Arizona or is she representing herself? And that's a big question. You know, when you're when you're voting for someone and when your constituents are looking for representation, that's what is most important. The D and the R, or the I. That isn't where you should be looking. You should be looking at who's going to represent you best and who's going to represent the state and your interests best. So so speaking of that and speaking of Congress, uh, Kirsten, when she was here, made a point of saying that Siskamani has voted with those 30 Republicans. Yes. More and more and more. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't maybe come out as often. But then I see Siskamani there with Governor Katie Hobbs mm-hmm. and introducing legislation to make solar Yes. More affordable, more accessible. Yeah. Which just makes sense in Arizona. Yeah. Considering that's our chief right. product. And that's, you know? what, and that's what you want. So, you I mean, he's doing. Bipartisan. Yeah. He's doing the bipartisan mm-hmm. good exactly. things that the state needs. That seems like a, a real 
tough hill to overcome for the party. It does. It does. And, you know, it, it, with the Republicans dropping off of Hobbs's water commission, her, her you know, the thing that she started when, when she became governor, it, that's obvious what state Republicans at the Capitol are looking at. It's, it's to maintain a power and stick with their base rather than work towards something that needs to be addressed, which is water. <clears throat> I'm just checking breathe. No, you I keep don't. Talking. It's okay. <laughs> he's going, he's going, he's yeah. going. All right. uh, and and so, you know, when you when you have that bipartisanship that foregoes the goals and what is necessary in the state cuz I mean, let's admit it, there hasn't been any water legislation since the 80s, I believe. There hasn't been anything the federal compact, I think, was the last thing, right? Okay. And that was at the federal level. And that was at the federal level. Yeah. So Because it has to be negotiated. The, the Colorado yeah. is a federal it waterway. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. it has to be negotiated there. So, but, and, and that is something that, you know, at the state level, the whole public education issue right now with ESA is same thing. You know, you couldn't even get, you couldn't even, you know, I was sitting in on a couple of them. You couldn't even get a word in edgewise to even give some common sense to what was going on and what was going to end up happening, which has happened. And that that extreme bipartisanship is is not good for the voter and it's not good for the state. All right. What do you say we jump over to Reed? Are you guys all over there? Hi, we are here. <laughs> That's where the party is. This is. So we're over here on KATO AM twelve. You always have the party over there, and I'm all alone. <laughs> you, you had Lee Patterson. I kicked him out. Okay, that's a smart move. I agree. Uh, and we're talking to Reed Richens over on Cat Country right now. I've got in studio uh, Nick Norgrintez. We've been talking politics, but that's not what we're going to talk now. Because I've also got uh, John. We don't do that over here. <laughs> yeah. John Howard and and I got Kathy, and we're going to talk about the brand new sober living facility that's coming to the Gila Valley. And I am blown away by how fast this came together well i mean to me the reason it came together so fast is because of the success of the first one yep people went yep it works so uh kathy john one of you guys tell us all about what's going on this week it's pretty exciting well what we have is the groundbreaking coming up friday at one o'clock i believe it'll be down at the the house of hope facility that's where the new facility will be built but let me just start say that this is amazing kathy and her team when we had this discussion probably six, seven months ago, how serious we was going to be to build this home, and we just said, let's do it. Kathy and their, her team grabbed a hold, and within six months, it raised $660,000. <laughs> and I will agree. That's $110,000 a month. No big that's deal. That's crazy. And, and you know, what, what's crazy, it just shows you what you just said, the success of the men's sober living home and the, the confidence the courts and the, uh, uh, the system has, has been helping so much. They are the ones that's really pushed our idea over the top yep. with their generous donation. Okay, so for yep. somebody that's listening right now that says, what is this House of Hope thing? Mm-hmm. Maybe somebody doesn't know. Maybe they live under a rock. 
Well, a sober live, um, the House of Hope is a sober living home for men um, that was built about two and a half to three years ago. I don't, I don't remember the exact date right now. It's too early in the morning. Um, but it houses 14 males, and um, it helps them on their road to recovery. When they come to live there, they have to be clean and sober. And um, we just help them on their path to continuing their recovery. We help them find jobs. We help them, um, you know, get get into 12-step meetings. We help them find a sponsor and we just help them on their road. It's so cool to see um, somebody that is successful and when, and, and the idea is they're not going to live there forever. Um, the idea is to get good foundation and then they're on their way. Um, and it's so awesome to watch. There's a gentleman that's getting ready to leave and when he came, he felt like it was a punishment that the courts were making him come to the House of Hope. And um, now he's so excited. Um, he gets to go back home and he's starting um, an NA meeting in Duncan. Um, he's been chairing a meeting here. Wow. He truly believes in recovery and he knows it works. And we are so proud of him and all of his accomplishments. And so um, we can't wait to see what he, what he accomplishes once he gets back to Greenlee County. So the House of Hope started but there was nowhere for any of the female population. That right? is correct. Um, there has been nowhere for females to go. So oftentimes we have to, um, you know, ask, send them to Phoenix or Tucson or somewhere else. But they have family here. Lots of times the females have children here and they right. don't get to see them for long periods of time. This will hopefully help with that and help keep the families together where they'll be able to interact on a regular basis, but they'll be able to work on their recovery um, by living at Caring Hearts, Sober Living Home for Women. Caring Hearts. Yep. I, and that, go ahead. well, you're putting the shovels in the ground this <laughs> Friday. Yes, yes, at 1 p.m. <laughs> to yeah. me, the, That's amazing. The, the the poster child for uh, the March Shade. Yes. Sober Living Home. Yes. Let's, let's yeah. stress that. It's the March Shade. It is. For the men. Um, is one of the graduates is running a sober living facility in another community, correct? Yes, that is correct. I mean, you, that's yeah. success. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, um, like I said, it's so amazing to see these gentlemen, you know, succeed. They graduate from our program and they move on and do amazing things wherever they end up. And um, that that's that's success right there. What's really neat is throughout the state, we're, we're getting a reputation of, of, of our, our sober living home mm -hmm. and people. We have, a, what, 13, 14 uh, men waiting on the waiting list right now for this and the women's facilities what's exciting is we staked it out there the other day and uh we have plenty of room on the property We're, we've got it all designed great ideas that the women will have a play area for their children to come and visit them they'll have a, a recreational area outside for barbecuing just as the men do but we, it, what'll be so good about this is we already have the blueprint the footprint for this home we're just going to uh, mimic it and come off of that change a few things in the inside but it's we we know we have learned our by our mistakes and we know how to do this one with the experience so we're very excited this is going through very excited yeah. and that's where the financial support i don't i'm not going to say it was easy <laughs> but it was fast and there was lots more support for it when, well it worked last time right it's right. proven it's yeah. proven to work well, congratulations. Well, thank you so much. I'm going to let you guys keep yes, talking over there. Congratulations. One o'clock, 
Give us that address. 640 West 1st Street, Safford. Yep, just behind the Pepsi plant. All right. Well, you guys have a great time over there. I got to get back to work over here, and we will talk soon. Thanks, Thank you so much. Bye-bye. There we go. That's happened. Okay. There we go. Get rid of him. (laughs) That's Um, wonderful. I I am going to bring politics in just for this one thing. Of course. So we we hear a lot in Washington, tough on crime. That's that's a mantra. It doesn't matter which party. Both parties say it. Um, heck, Democrats are getting tossed left and right mm-hmm. in, in big cities because of the crime problem. Yep, it, it happened. Lori Lightfoot in Chicago, and didn't Houston's mayor just get yes, yes, yeah? Shirley Jackson Lee lost mm-hmm. on yep. uh, because she wasn't tough on crime. Um, but the reality is, Graham County is a poster child for how to handle this type of crime. You got Judge Peterson. Mm-hmm. Out there saying, look, I don't want to put you in jail. Yep. I want you to get help mm-hmm. and and tries drug diversion. Yep. Now, obviously, if they don't, he there are repercussions. He's yep. very clear. He's wonderful behind the bench. He's uh, he's absolutely I'm, amazing. I've watched him yeah. with mm-hmm. cases. He is phenomenal and he's very clear. Mm-hmm. But his goal is not punishment but health absolutely then you've got the sober living facility you've got recovery angels Mm -hmm. you've got all these organizations that are committed to getting you healthy not punishing you right getting you healthy yeah and to me that's the way to be tough on this particular crime right yes now i want the people that are smuggling drugs over i want them arrested i want them incarcerated Mm -hmm. we don't want that here right but the user the end user isn't necessarily a criminal they're dealing with an illness right and and yes dealers lock them up lock them up (laughs) throw away the key (laughs) yep because those people are trying to harm us right but this is the way to go and i think this kind of infrastructure is what was needed in oregon before oregon you know went went way of portugal you know we the infrastructure for these individuals who are suffering from addiction yeah. needs to be in place Absolutely. before we ex- examine the other side of it, which is decriminalizing it so that these individuals don't end up in jail or don't end up in prison for addiction. Right. Yeah. I, I right. think I think Graham County is very, very unique. Kathy and the Substance Abuse Coalition, we built the House of Hope, and it seems like since we built the House of Hope, it's just exploded. Our organization has grown so much. Yes. Kathy was a one-man, one-woman show at one time, <laughs> and now she has a team, and we've got all, like you said, the recovery angels and so, the sober living homes. Reentry. Reentry. Just all these programs, and this has all just happened over the last two or three years. Just yep. bam, and it just shows yeah. you the success. But we are an example to the rest of the state and the rest of the country what a coalition can truly do if it's run hard and right and run with with the government exactly i mean it's important graham yep. county is supported exactly. uh, which john is a supervisor yep. has mm-hmm. supported the courts have supported absolutely um, the health department stars absolutely who, who address other addictions cigarettes tobacco yep. etc mm-hmm. i mean that's an addiction too absolutely so uh, yeah it this is what we should be doing yes. as as a nation for this particular issue mm-hmm. again absolutely. i'm with you Get, mm-hmm. Daniels will talk all day long about the transport of drugs over right. the border. Mm-hmm. I'm with him. Let's be tough. Let's be as hard as we can on those criminals. And Sheriff Flam also. Yeah. So yes. let's and and PJ. And I mean, PJ. PJ. Yep. Um, yep. 
So let's do that. But the end user? No, these are folks that need help. Jason Baca talks about we're not bad people. We just make bad decisions. And, um, you know, so they make a bad decision. Let's get them the help they need so they can start making good decisions and they can start moving in the right direction. And um, as a matter of fact, Jason's on the road right now um, transporting two individuals to Sierra Vista to a rehab center there. And then when the gentleman comes back, if we have an open bed, he's more than welcome to come to the House of Hope where he can continue his rehabilitation. And Mo Vialba with Recovery Angels. and, And I can't think of Mo's daughter Stefa Uh, thank you Um, just doing wonderful work when when somebody has an issue they're right there 24 hours a day yep it's exactly what we we need to make a shout out to the big donors on this Uh, Freeport 200,000 Graham County 160,000 and United Way 200,000 three donors has made this possible and we'll get a lot of in kind we'll get a lot of individuals it's just amazing how these support this cause I, I applaud them very much our community is absolutely amazing and so supportive and we do appreciate it very much because we couldn't do it without them right i agree That's beautiful 428-9494 going to take a quick break when we come back more with everybody we'll just call it everybody <laughs> right after this Welcome back to Voice of the Valley in the Horn Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram Studios. I'm Dave Bell. Kathy Grimes is here. John Howard is here. And Nick Nordgrenteus. Uh, we've been kind of all over the map today. It's a little <laughs> bit of everything. We've got good news. We're talking politics, etc. cetera. Uh, I do want to jump back with, with Nick. Um, I saw Katie Hobbs sign the petition to get a uh, reproductive health bill on mm-hmm. uh the ballot is that amending our constitution or just putting a law in place i i haven't seen the so petition the abortion access the aaa yeah that one is amending the constitution okay it's so constitutional that one, and amendment. that one uh there we're currently collecting petitions for that uh petition signature excuse me to get it on the ballot <clears throat> what what i'm seeing with that and tell me if i'm wrong that one's crossing party lines, that issue. It seems to be, because across there the nation... Are, so we were collecting at the fair, this you know past fair, and it was both Repubs, Dems, Independents, they, they were all signing these petitions. So it isn't a party issue as much as we think it is. Uh, I think it's a woman's issue, and I think it's an access issue, and it's a healthcare issue, and the party lines are being skewed on this. Uh, there are many people signing these petitions that are ours, that are eyes, and it's not just a Democrat um, signing these petitions. So traditionally, yes, Democrats have been for abortion access and, and women's rights, but this one, uh, we're seeing signatures across the board from ours, D's, and I's. We're, we're seeing it across the nation. I yeah. mean, traditionally, mm-hmm. conservative Republican states are mm-hmm. are voting. Yeah. to keep access yes so uh i was surprised it took this long well and i think to get out there 30 30 years 40 years of roe v wade it it's you know the the voting population has been roe v wade you know the there's the larger population has existed under roe v wade so once roe v wade was removed 
you know, the voter base is like, what's, what is this? What is going on? Why, why are we in this, this situation now after this many years of Roe v. Wade? I'm, I'm a man. I have no, <laughs> I have no dog in this fight. I mean, I just don't, it doesn't affect me. Um, but the reality is it seems like the key word is choice. Mm-hmm. That it's up no. to a woman, and if a woman is pro-life and wants to have kids, that's up to them. If a woman yeah. chooses not to, that's up to her. Well, and that's where I believe it this seems like, is. It's yeah, women's rights. It, it's a woman's right to decide whether or not they're going to have a child. And it's good that there's two men rights. discussing this. So <laughs> I want to stress it. Yeah. Well, you know, like. I had a mother. <laughs> I don't have any sisters. Uh, and I've always championed women's rights. I've always been a feminist. I've always been of that mindset. And, you know, when when you get the government into things like this, it's just a mess. I think there's a case in Texas right now where yes. um, her, her the woman's fetus is not even viable at this point, but she has to, she has to go through term. legal channels. For, and the Supreme Court it. stayed... Just the Texas Supreme Court recently stayed the lower court ruling that she could right, right. Uh, terminate a pregnancy that is not mm-hmm. viable. So, I mean, this could end up really bad for her. The fetus is already, it's not viable. But she's having to keep the pregnancy or lack of pregnancy going. And the health issues there are tremendous. And, and that... That when you get government into situations like that, where have we gone? What 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 is you know where are we going to go next if that is putting up to the governmental you know decision making process? We have to go to John to make a decision on whether or not I get a hangnail. Removed. Oh, and John wants no part of that at all. No, thank you. Uh, I started so. uh, the show by picking on the Democrats. I'm going to pick on the Republicans right now. Um, the Republicans have been the, the party of small government. And it strikes me that what we're seeing coming out of Washington, I want to stress this, yes. out of Washington, yes. we don't see this here, out of Washington is government intrusion. In, in lives, in because there are Republicans who are saying, let's roll back LGBTQ rights. Yes. Let's mm-hmm. roll back yes. women's uh, health access mm-hmm. rights. Heck, there are some that are saying, let's eliminate contraceptives altogether. altogether. Mm-hmm. The party leaders t- deny that, but it's there's recordings. Yeah, you know? yeah it's there. Um, it's, it seems counterproductive to what Republicans want. Which is smaller government smaller and lower government. taxes mm-hmm. and, and the good conservative principles that Stay they have. Stay out of my private life. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I always said uh, gay marriage is a conservative issue. Yeah. It's not a, a liberal issue. Right. Because it's government not telling anybody what they can what or they cannot can do cannot in their do. personal life. Yeah. So yeah. I, I have to pick on the Republicans <laughs> for this one because it seems counter counterintuitive to what they believe. To well, the conservatism, what good yes. Republicans yes. believe. Yeah. Not well, not the 30 crazies. <laughs> not the 30 crazies. Not the 30 crazies. The good conservatives. Right. Yeah. And so, you know, again, those are areas where where we as Democrats will highlight and go, you know, conservatism says stay out of my private life. Help us with this one. I hate to do it. I got to go. I've already <laughs> went too long. Kathy Grimes, John Howard, thank Nick Nordgrantes. Thank you <laughs> thank all. You, thank you. And thank, thank you guys you. for listening as well. I'm out of here now, but I'll be back tomorrow. Until then, have a great day.